welcome. Hello. This is April 1990 episode. And we also have... Ben R. Ben, uh. ben R. <laughs> the introductions will become more naturally as we uh, go. Uh, I don't know. No guarantees on that. <laughs> uh, I am Paul, and we are getting through this year, nearly at the halfway point. Uh, this one, everything's kind of getting a bit better pop culture-wise now. We've we've kind of hit our stride. Like we've we've, we've getting closer the, to the golden years. Yeah, we're 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 we've left the uh, award shows in our wake. Um, it's nearly time for blockbuster summer. Um, April's usually a pretty good uh, time for uh, music releases too and TV. Um, but as we do every episode, we're going to start with living in the now. And here we go, we're living in the now. B Ray. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> what have you been watching? Um, the same. Mostly garbage. Um, <laughs> we did watch, uh, apparently, some people calling it a, a new cult film, uh, Beyond the Gates. Okay. Um, but I think, I don't know if cult has changed lately, and that just means garbage <laughs> film by some uh, college dropouts. Beyond the Gates. So what's what's the premise? I don't fucking know. <laughs> um it's weird this is the thing that i've noticed over the years for knowing you too is that you don't just get um you just don't like it's not like you don't like something you get annoyed about how much you don't like it sometimes i mean i wasn't i didn't hate this film i just wish that i hadn't had seen it um no offense to the people that made it because i'm sure you know when like you make something you're like, wow, this is really good. And someone who's good at stuff watches it and goes, no, this is We're terrible. We're in the midst of it right now. <laughs> exactly. I'll never listen to this. Um, it had a kind of Clerks vibe about it. Oh, I've heard about this one. Yeah. I'm just reading it now on Letterboxd. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. A little bit. Um, mostly the acting. What does your partner think? Um... Does she like it? No. Oh, not, that's not even worse. Not particularly. She's like, yeah, I would, I would over for horror movies especially. I would, I would take her word. It's one of those movies yours. that you think is going to build up. It's going to get better. There's going to be some sort of development or just something good is going to come, and it never really right. goes anywhere. Um, but I mean, for like low budget, like uh, no. I'm not going to give it any saving grace. I, <laughs> and you might have a good time. And you watch Becky with uh, our Kevin buddy, James. Kevin James. In it, yes, yeah. and John McHale. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, how's he? No surprise. Um, he's, well, I'm not going to say how he is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not going to spoil it. Um, yeah. How can Kevin James is? Is he one of these people who like will find their niche now as a dramatic action actor, or is it, is he better at comedy? I, well, I, it's tough. I mean. It wasn't like a standout, like, oh my God, this is... It's not John Wick. No, he hasn't found his market in this, I don't think. But I bought it, like, yeah. I, I went along with it. It was just a touch tacky, but yeah, I I was... I mean, after, after watching Beyond the Gates, <laughs> it <laughs> well, was uh, award-worthy. <laughs> welcome to Shit on Beyond the Gates podcast. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Gordy. Um, I think his name was Gordy. I don't know. Gordy. <laughs> was <Yeah>. he Canadian? <laughs> uh, that would have helped. I watched American <clears throat> American Murder or American. Oh, the guy that killed, killed his, his family. family. Yeah, yep. and I was like, okay, like horrible, horrible second starts and that stuff. I mm. just found it like an extra long episode of Forensic Files. Yeah, was, basically, was, like 
but not as good somehow but these are the ones that go for like you know a good 90 minutes like there's something more to it like i mean i suppose it it does showcase um obviously like the the main point of it is to showcase um domestic violence and and um and crime in in the american suburbs oh men are bastards yeah yeah and um but yeah i was just um like it's fine it was just nothing that I hadn't sort of... Um, Didn't I'm, delve as deep as you would expect. Yeah, and then like um, there's a couple of like... I think you can deep dive down a rabbit hole of, of all this other shit on like Reddit and stuff like that, which I didn't want to do. But like it was just really interesting um, that it was... Yeah, I, I expected it to be like um, to have more twists and turns, but yeah. I thought they could have painted him in a much worse light. It took like, us like a good... a psychopath, but essentially. It, it, but... it took us a good... Like, up until, like, nearly where the police showcased that he was the murderer to us to, like, go, oh, like, because it was all pointing to something else happening. Yeah. Um, one of, if you're, have you ever um, heard of um, Nixon? Nixon. The, the, the sex the cult? No. Nixon. Oh. It's the one oh. where they had celebrities, some celebrities joined it, and it's like, it started off as, like, this sort of, like, culty thing to sort of, make you feel better about yourself and um then it turns like it, it it there's a there's a series called the vow okay um and if you want to it's a really really good sort of dive into like a modern cult um and and what it can do uh it's 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 been all over the news like like the last couple of years um yeah if you get a chance watch it okay very very interesting uh, I, I would like to point out. Um, I don't know if we're going to touch on current music because yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's current. Okay. Um, because I'm a senior citizen now. <laughs> um, but I went looking for a new John Frusciante release. Oh why? <laughs> because I like him and it's yeah. dedicated to his cat. Are you having trouble sleeping? Uh, he can't sleep with this new stuff. Um, you can only rave apparently. Um, but I stumbled across Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke's daughter and her album. Ah, oh. which is actually kind of nice. Okay, what's Maya Hawk, I think it's called Blush. Maya Hawk. Maya Hawk. <laughs> so John John Frusciante's new album is called Maya, which uh, I haven't heard yet. Okay, Maya Hawk. Yeah, it's all right. Okay, kind of like an Orville Peck sort of sound, like cute little girl country indie stuff. Okay, yeah, it's a good time. Maya. M a y a. M a y a. Ah. Yeah, I can see that. Which, I can see how she's Uma Thurman's daughter. Yeah. Also, the girl from Stranger Things 3. Oh, in the, the, what, the, ice, the cream. ice cream place? Oh, yeah. is that her? That's her. Ah. Yeah. I got two episodes into Stranger Things 3 and I, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, why didn't they stop at one? <laughs> I, 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 um, I like number two as well, but like number three, I was like, I can't do any more uh, slow motion walking to 80s songs anymore it's yeah. just like you're not even trying anymore uh but i've been told that i need to watch the last two episodes and it's like it makes up for it but i'm like again as we said in, in our in our february episode if i have to omit episodes for a show to be good it is not good exactly <laughs> uh so we're going into the major events for april 1990 One thing at the top we should say is um, this was the Easter month. Uh, are you, you were you a religious family? No, didn't even realize there was religion growing up. Really? Yeah, I have no recollection of it. I was raised Catholic. 
So like I properly though. Yeah. Oh. I was I was at church every Saturday night or Sunday morning until I was about fifteen. Wow. Uh, what else are you gonna do though? To be honest. There's lots of things you can do as a 15 or 16 on a Sunday night or Sunday morning. Yeah. Uh, so like, and so with Easter especially, it's such a solemn sort of full-on time of year. So I didn't have to do it every year, but sometimes you have to go Good Friday. So that's when you're like, um, they, they take you to the Mass and like uh, where Jesus died and all that stuff. Um, and then on Sunday, Sunday morning... Was on well, Easter Saturday. You've been in a church before, yeah, yeah. So you know, like the little there's like um there's like twelve I think there's twelve or fifteen sort of like little pictures around the circumference of the church. Okay, and it's basically telling the story of like Jesus being um dying on the cross and then coming resurrected and stuff. And it's like so if like the entire congregation will go. And there'll be a story about each one, and there'll be like a lot of singing, and and, like, and then go on to the next one. And it takes fucking ever <laughs> that sounds delightful <laughs> it's called the um uh oh what's it called it's it's really and like easter's like the time that I like and you know i'm not heaps religious now and i don't i don't go to church anymore but like that was what really killed it for me because it it's just it's not only long and sort of boring but it's also really solemn and it makes us feel really bad about yourself <laughs> do you think you stations of the cross is what it's called do you think it would have changed you as a person because back in the 90s on good friday and like the easter weekend everything shut oh they only play garbage on the tv like there's nothing to do yeah as a, as a i mean if you didn't live in australia and this is probably only really lifted in the light last decade um Easter in Australia is really it shuts down everything. Yeah. Like it's it's nothing's open. Like you said, there's nothing really on TV. It's like only in the last few years have they just started to like allow the shops to be open on um, Saturday and Sunday Which and look, Easter Monday. Looking back, like everything's shut. People might be at church and they're like, "Why is there nothing good on TV? <laughs> Everybody is home. This is like." prime ratings time what else are we gonna do but i remember like we were because we, we worked in the video store and like we the video store had no days off the, the, they were yeah. open every day of the year so and then we didn't get paid extra on those no. though easter's easter used to be crazy for us we used to have like bookings out the wazoo um because there's nothing to do yeah and i used to um so when i got the job I used to request to work Easter because, like, it's just you know, <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing better to do. Yeah. But so yeah, um, we'll probably delve into that more and more as uh, as we go with these episodes. But yeah, um, I do remember when I first, and we'll touch on this when I do my episode with with my wife Marilyn, when we went to a uh, baptism, she was very surprised about just the how my church ran because <laughs> oh. it's, it's one of those like it's very fire and brimstone and like they do a lot cool. of yeah it's it's pretty full on i want to check it out now um because I'm, I'm a lot more into that sort of stuff now like it's it's intriguing to me oh yeah like i i kind of like unless unless they're doing unless you're doing it to, to using it to do awful stuff like i kind of like people who have faith like it's it's commendable in some in some respects yeah uh so so that's like yeah. So like it was it was that's when Easter was. Um, did you know why Easter changes every year? Um, I never asked that question. Go by a weird calendar. <laughs> uh, it's by based on the um the lunar cycles based on the Jewish calendar. So the Easter Sunday is all, always the Sunday after the Passover full moon. 
So and that Jewish calendar changes every year. Right. And that's how that's how we find out when it's all based on the lunar cycle. That's when we know that Easter is. Oh. Never knew that until this year. That's kind of cool. Uh, also, in big events for April 1990, um, three of the largest tuna companies in the world uh, agreed to not use tuna caught in dolphin nets. Um, oh, yeah. That, um, I think around this time too, was when a lot of those companies started, um, they were caught between helping the environment, but then also yeah. costing jobs in, like, I think uh, there's like, I, yeah. I saw a Anthony Bourdain episode in Nova Scotia, and they're still pretty upset about <laughs> the, the companies like not taking stuff from them um back then so yeah yeah i feel like that went on for a while i remember as a kid of the 90s like it being a big deal like tuna and dolphins and yeah not being acceptable yeah i remember like um that's when you find out about like greenpeace and stuff like that and um yeah it's like it's it's, it's weird that it took them that took them that long to sort of to do that cause, like yeah just imagine how many dolphins were caught in that time what do they do with them they tuned them up into tuna, into like they like that awful sort of stuff. Like it's just for oh. that seafood extender. Oh, remember that? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what they call it in, overseas, but in here it's called a seafood extender, and it's bloody awful. I think I ate some of that recently. How? Well, someone told me it was something that it clearly wasn't. <laughs> we went somewhere. Uh, sushi train or sushi express or something uh, like yeah. that, and they're like, "Yeah, this is the vegan one." It's like, um, <laughs> is it? <laughs> Some two bites in, and this isn't tofu. Oh god, that's gross. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard of Grunard Island? No. Okay, it's this an a island... cereal. <laughs> Grunard Island. Grunard Island remembers. Um, Grunard Island is a, is a island off of Scotland that was it was used in like uh, tests of weapons and um, radioactivity in the World War Two. Cool. And it was after 48 years was pronounced decontaminated and safe to go back onto. But it turns April. out there's people living there all along. How good oh, would find me. Don't worry about it. <laughs> How good would that movie be? I cannot believe that no one's made a movie about Grunard Island. Radioactive about... Scottish people. Radioactive <laughs> Scottish people. <laughs> What's their superpower? They talk funny. <laughs> they talk funny and eat awful, awful food. Yeah, it's like oh, why cholesterol. Are you, what are you eating that for? Is it because of the radioactivity? <laughs> nah. No. <laughs> um, and the Berlin Wall was officially demolished. Like, so not just by bit by bit by the people of Berlin, but they actually came in with uh, wrecking balls, Miley Cyrus style, style <laughs> and yeah, it was coming. In. <laughs> nice. Shut up. My point of reference is ten years ago. Uh, yeah, so, um, they're also, I mean, this is kind of dark, but, um, there was like two major ferry accidents that killed like a lot of people in, in one month in 1990, like one in Norway and one, one in Burma. I'm like, I can see that. Cause like, I think I've been on a ferry twice and I have, don't feel comfortable. Do you have details it. of these accidents? Did they drive into something? Uh, one was, uh, in Norway. I think it was, it just turned over. I think it was bad, bad, um. Wow. Bad weather, and then I can't, I can't, I didn't, I check on the Burma one, but yeah, like hundreds of people died. Was a uh, Mothman spotted at all in the vicinity? <laughs> That's not funny. Yes, it is. It's fucking weird. That's no, not. <laughs> weird things happen, and Mothman is seen. Is it rich? It's a fact. Richard Gear. That's what Richard what? Gear isn't Mothman. When it... <laughs> That's why I was waiting for him. He's the, the Jebel movie. Man. 
I'm, the entire movie I'm waiting for him to turn into Mothman and it's just about weird things that happen in this like, it's, like yeah. this town. it's actually a decent film as well I watched it recently is it? well when you know nothing about it and you see the cover for seven years and then like you look into Mothman things and then you watch the film it's like hey this is alright because there was also another, like, another movie called Dragonfly didn't see that one and but I always got those two mixed up because like I always thought of the Mothman um, prophecies as like what I've read about in magazines and stuff like that. Like it's like a, a, a creature that like attacks cars and stuff like that. But this one was like yeah. way more cerebral. Like I was waiting for like the Mothman prophecies to be like more like of a slasher type of kind. And then I'm like, well, what would you able to be in something like that? But it's it's a bit too slow for me from yeah. memory. But, you know, maybe that's just my attention span. Probably. Uh, movies. Okay, so uh, the movies for April, like, it's you know that there's, there's there's more like it's getting better when I've got more to choose from. So we've got Crybaby by mm. uh, John Waters and uh, with a, a uh, Mr. Johnny Depp in there. No, sorry. The Cook, the Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover, which I watched. I thought it was <laughs> uh, one of those kind of nudie SPS ones so I I, 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 I I recorded it on VHS so sneakily like it wasn't in 1990 it, was, it would have been back like on, when it was on TV and because I thought that it was like going to be just like pornorama and it's not did you think it was sneaky but really your parents knew exactly what you're doing they're like just <laughs> let him have this one 100% think that they knew everything I was doing because I was yeah. not I'm not a subtle person no it's true Um, I did at some stage get a VHS a VCR in my room so I could just start recording stuff like um yeah. like porn no it's not <laughs> porn it's, it's an art film it's fine oh okay it's from Sweden um Ernest Goes to Jail which we will talk about and let's talk about in a second Varun mm-hmm. uh I Love You to Death uh Q&A with Nick Nolte uh oh. I watched recently another 48 Hours because that came out this same year I thought about it. That was unnecessary. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, Die Hard was 87. And this is my thing. This is one of my, my biggest nitpick about uh, action films. Die Hard I, I love mostly because they respect the clip size of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can see that in another 48 hours that Nick Nolte's got a six-shooter revolver, but he's got, like, fucking 30 shots before he has to go and re- reload that thing. And it really fucking irks me. I get that, but then I would relate that to a video game, and I hate it when a video game just doesn't give you unlimited bullets. Like, this isn't real. <laughs> why do I need to go find more ammo? Just, why isn't that endless? Yeah, I've been playing Uncharted again, and you have to reload that, and I'm like, oh, man, it's... Yeah. Or if you're going to reload, just shoot off the screen. You know why? Because they all of them now have those um, those tables you come across to, to um, mod your weapon. And like yeah. they have to have a um, a mod to reload quicker. Why aren't things simple like they used to be? Oh, Climbing ladders and throwing barrels. Wolfenstein. Um, I watched that. Uh, there's a uh game over i think it's called on um yep. netflix and i i didn't watch all of it but i watched the 3d one that had like the guy from doom um, oh yeah and uh wolfenstein uh it's always funny when there's two people that create something 
and it's like 20 years on and they're not in the same room together <laughs> let's explore that <laughs> you came up with what uh miami blues which has alec baldwin in it uh which i've i watched uh hunt for october which came, also came out this year and i like i don't like i've been on record as saying i don't like alec baldwin um there's just like about him i know that like this this certain, certain recordings of messages he might have left his uh his his wife kim bassinger and um he's been pretty and daughter i'm not sure if that's daughter but i and i know he's been in, in um and paparazzi i can understand like that there can be just as bad sometimes but i know that he's like he's beaten one more than one paparazzi yeah uh and a random civilian i think he punched over a parking space not so long ago oh okay <laughs> and then um let's go allegedly just to make sure allegedly <laughs> um in Miami Blues, he looks like a... He looks kind of like his brother Stephen Bourne in that movie. That's um, unfortunate for him. And then, um, but in Hunt for October, and I'll, I'll get to that when we, when we get to that movie, like, I don't know if he it was ever in the running to be like a leading man. Like, he's just not... Like, back then, he was kind of like... He'd always like put a bit of a joking thing into it, but like, yeah, I don't know. I think he missed his window. I feel like he was too young at the wrong time and now he's too old and then he ballo- like the he ballooned time. out sort of mid 90s and it's yeah. like he there was like there's like there's this sweet spot where like he was like really young looking and then he like he aged like 30 years and 10 yeah uh crazy people uh gods must be crazy too uh guardian spaced invaders wild orchid and that rounds out our movie. So Wild Orchid, I remember, is um, it's a Mickey Rourke sex movie, basically. Uh, it's one whenever that was on TV. Like, it used to be on TV late at night, and the next day at school, you'd be like, you see Wild Orchid last night? It's like, yeah, I saw Wild Orchid last night. Hey, guys, if you didn't see it, I recorded it on my VHS <laughs> in my bedroom. Come around and watch it. <laughs> on the download, too. Like, my parents don't know. Bring your own socks. There was that, and there was also, I think, the... What was it? There's one with Bruce Willis too, the one where Always. the one where you see his penis in the pool. All oh, right. Um, Don't know about that one. Sorry. It's like the it's... color of something. Uh, the color of penis <laughs> is white. <laughs> it's all, all purple, magenta. Uh, <laughs> Space Invaders I've always heard about, but I, one I couldn't find a copy of anywhere. Uh, Guardian is oh man, it's kind of. Uh, there was a lot of possessed pregnant lady like kid movies around this time. Like we had the Exorcist three, which had that sort of same motif. This had uh Carrie Lowell, who would later be in um Law and Order, that's why I know her from. Of course. And also the um I found the the thing I found most awesome about this movie is that it's the only other movie I've seen. You know, you know at the end of Field of Dreams? Yes. Uh Kevin Costner's dad. Yes. He was in another movie. Oh and it's Guardian. Oh yeah, he's not too bad an actor. Weird. I heard a podcast with him, and he is like super into his field of dreams. Like, it's a the podcast is kind of like a kind of a fun look, but that episode's so intense, and I'm like, man, this guy. And apparently, he does like um, you can uh, hire him to talk about field of dreams <laughs> for the twelve seconds that he was in it. <laughs> he filled like a sixty minute episode. Wow, was like, that's he, nice. Though. I like when people really appreciate what they've given to the world yeah as small as it may have been <laughs> the smallest thing uh crazy people too was um that one's the one with uh, dudley moore so they're in an institution for the mentally unwell and um 
but there's heaps of swearing in it. And I remember my mum, one night I couldn't sleep and she said, well, you can just watch a movie with me. And we started watching it and it has so much swearing at the start that she was like, and then she was caught as a parent of like, if I make a big deal out of this right now, yeah, like it's going to make it seem like I, and she's like, and she just sort of looked at me like, and like looked back at the screen <laughs> and look at me and she's like, oh, 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 well, oh, oh. <laughs> just, not, just talk over it. That's what parents do. Just like it's make not a as bunch bad as like the um the the sex scene with parents in the room, but it's 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 getting on that getting on that train. Yeah. Uh so tell me, because you, well actually I picked for you because I really wanted you to watch it. Ernest goes to jail. Um, first up, <laughs> that you gave. So how much did you give? Um, Nightbreed was one and a half. Gee, tell me, tell me I more. F- I feel like that was a bit harsh, but Ernest goes to jail was two stars. Give me the reason for that extra half a star with, um, was it Vern? Um, I think because I had this irrational hatred towards Ernest growing up. <laughs> I don't know why. I just thought they were ridiculous and stupid when every time I'd see the cover when we'd go to the store as kids and like, I just hate this guy and everything he stands for. They did photograph him in like the worst angles to make yeah. it like grotesque. Yeah. Um, but I'd never seen, I never have any memory of knowing anything about it just seeing the covers and there's so many different ones like this is stupid i don't know like it's it. camp's best one but go on sure um so i'd never seen any of them yeah so the bar was extremely low and i was expecting <laughs> to just despise this film from start to finish did and you it, watch it with your father no okay. um she decided to have a nap at this point we <laughs> <laughs> had a big day it was one o'clock in the afternoon um it was it was it was all right Okay. Um, I think, I guess you you have to be in the right place to watch a film that stupid. And I wasn't in the perfect space to watch something that stupid, but close enough to it. Kind of like with um, often mentioned film Hubie Halloween. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're in the right space to watch that, then it's going to be a great movie. But And I think the Jim Carrey vibe I was getting from him, obviously this guy came along first and yeah. was doing this first. Um. But seeing like Jim Carrey's obviously stolen a bit from from this Jim. Oh, Is it no Jim? doubt? Yeah. Jim Varney. Jim Varney. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I kind of appreciated that, and some of the other actors that you've just seen doing bit parts <laughs> through films in the nineties. I um, I'm just looking at it now, and I Ernest Goes to Camp. I I vividly remember because I used to get it from the store quite a lot. My dad hated it. Ernest Goes to Jail. I got fleeting memories of. Um, Ernest Goes to Africa. I'm oh, I didn't sure even know about that one. I will show you the front cover right now. Oh, this does not sound good. It's got oh, an African no. face mask on. And you know there's going to oh, be black face in that movie. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. Um, oh, it's got a 1.9. Um, that seems fair. Which seems is we... close to your two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard when you rate films like that because... For what it is, yeah, two stars. Yeah. Because it's just a goofy, fun, silly movie, but it's 1990. It's not that well done. The acting isn't that good. But is it supposed to be? No, it's, the, it's made The prison guards certain... are wearing giant pink suits with shoulder pads. We've still got, in the years to come, Ernest Goes to School, which was in 1994. We've got uh, Slam Dunk Ernest to that sweet... Um, I don't think I'm going to get my sports fix out of that. <laughs> Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's in it. Uh, maybe. So that would have been in response to Space Jam, because it's like 95. Oh, yeah. Uh, then you've also got 
Ernest Scared Stupid, which is Nick, that's 1991. It's a Halloween one, right? Halloween. So you ha- you, it's, you it's can possible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then Ernest in the Army is 1998. And I think that is his last one. I wanted to say at the top that it's the first and last Ernest film I'll watch, <laughs> but I'm really not that confident in that statement anymore because <laughs> I didn't I didn't hate it. I look I I'm interested in always uh, expanding your. I wouldn't say we've expanded my taste at all or expanded <laughs> anything about me other than the fact that I don't hate Ernest as much as I thought that I did. Oh man, there's a lot of Ernest on um on uh Prime. It's got like one, two, three, four, five. Because I probably six. paid a dollar for each one of them. Oh my god, I didn't know that on there. I'm so excited. I believe uh Jim Viney's no longer with us, is he? He died because he does the um sound he does the voice for the dog in um Toy Story, the first Toy Story. Yep. And then he died, I think, just before Toy Story 2. Um, it's amazing it doesn't cost a lot of money to get the rights to Ernest things anymore. <laughs> Prime uh, is cashing in. And I know that I know there's a podcast series about it, but man, I'm going to put that in my idea. In no, my idea I'm file. checking out on that one. Ernest goes to podcast. No, he doesn't. <laughs> All right, that is movies done for April 1990, and we're going to move now on to TV. This, you should be in your element. Should I? Twin Peaks, sir. Yeah, I mean, I look okay. I've never seen Twin Peaks. I've I've seen it in it enough to know what the references in the X Files in um. In the Simpsons and other movies to do with it. Like, I can't... I watched the first episode. You need to give it a good... <laughs> I know, and it's like... It's Get three just, seasons in. And I, I don't like... I don't like David Lynch films. Like, there's... there's, They're just a bit too... I'm, I'm just too... I'm too... Uh, not mainstream, but I'm just like... I, just, I can't get my head around them. I'm not a big fan of... I feel dumb watching them because I, yeah. I know I'm supposed to appreciate them and like other people do. I didn't enjoy Mulholland Drive. Okay. Um, and I don't. I never considered myself a David Lynch fan. I thought the same thing. Like, he's Why? Just too much Why, don't too... You like, why don't you like my movie, Dan? <laughs> Although I do like him as an actor because in Twin Peaks, when he's in it, yeah. those are my favourite bits. Well, who's he playing Twin Peaks? I, he plays one of the other detectives or something he just comes and goes occasionally and sergeant lynch <laughs> basically because his character's deaf or like near enough deaf and he's always yelling it's hilarious is he deaf in real life is that why he always yells i didn't know that he yells all the time have you seen his instagram no i thought he was too old for instagram he is doing like little posts during um lockdown and he's just like doing <laughs> doing little like a uh, diy stuff around his house Oh, is he is he good? Yeah, yeah, and it's oh. just like and like I I I, I watch it because I'm like oh, I wonder if he's like today I'm going to install a sink and it's like no he's, he's he talks normally now oh. but I don't know why when he's in the interview though he's got a <laughs> he's got a hammer up. I don't think I'd ever seen him in an interview. Um, the best the best interview we ever saw was the um, the trailer for the PJ Pearl Jam twenty, and David Lynch asked Eddie that question but it's a fucking rambling question and then it just cuts to Eddie and he's just like... Oh, yeah. That's that's David Lynch. Yeah. 
He's like, I do remember that. I don't even know. I can't remember what what the question he asked. And I don't. Well, I don't think he actually asked question. I think he just sort of like says a bunch of random words, and then Eddie looks as perplexed as he's ever looked. Like David Lynch doing his Jeff Goldblum impersonation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> David Lynch's Jeff Goldblum. If you put in a in a in a touch of um, what's the guy who did the uh, the parrot in um, Aladdin? There's a parrot in Aladdin. Yeah, the the guy does the, the voice for it. Um... Will Smith is it? Will Smith? <laughs> no, not that Aladdin. <laughs> Nathan Lane. No, no. that's Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, if you yeah. put Gilbert Godfrey and Jeff Goldman together, you've got David Lynch. It's something that you wouldn't expect to come out of that pairing, but I feel like it makes sense. <laughs> like that, that shouldn't equal that. Uh, In Living Colour came out, which was a huge... The show or the band? The show. Right. Oh, we're on TV. Got a personality. Um, just, just briefly, uh, Twin Peaks is quite good. <laughs> I didn't. I had no idea about it at the time. The Simpsons references made no sense to me. But in the last, uh, I think when they brought out season three, well, you went there, didn't you? Yeah, you went to the the little town. <laughs> there. No. Hello, welcome. The sign wasn't even there. Such a waste. Um, but we did listen to the intro music for like an hour straight, so that was quite nice. Um, um but it's I, a good. It's a good show. I yeah, I, I, it's available on our streaming sort of stand. So I, I and I know. There's a movie, and they brought up. What about the uh, the reboot series that came? Out? Um, I wasn't as keen. Yeah, I feel like it was one of those Dark Knight Rises. Let's just nah, we've got to smash something out. People want it. It's not going to make any sense. No one's going to like it. But let's just make something. Yeah. Um, season one was good. Season two, okay. The film was there one or two films in between somewhere. There's five. Not as good. Me. Let's just go. Season one, Twin Peaks was okay. Was peak twins. <laughs> That was like, that was good. Let's, like Stranger Things. <laughs> Big twins. Did you like that? That was pretty good. End it there. Everyone's happy. Um, so I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't worked out what I'm going to name these episodes, but if, if this one would be called Pete Twins. <laughs> um, In Living Color, the uh, series, which was um, uh, done by uh, the Wayans brothers. Uh, and it's... Wow, how old are they? Well, like they were in it, but then their, their old, eldest brother... Um, uh, he's the one is it Marlon yep he um, and it was at the time it was the only real showcase apart from a city at hall uh, that showcased African American talent and that kicked off a bunch of um, shows um, it kept off like there was a there was a WB network in America which basically showcased like a lot of African American yep um, uh like TV shows and writers and stuff, but um, and one of the main, but unfortunately, and you know, all, all, all credit to him, but unfortunately, one of the main reasons people remember In Living Color was that's what launched Jim Carrey. Oh. Um, he was one of the, the <laughs> <laughs> he was one of the 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 big breakout stars from it. Uh, but it also had um, yeah, Keenan Ivory Wayans, Damon Wayans, uh, Larry Wilmore, uh, a lot of people that you would um know from like a lot of movies. Larry Wilmer went on to be on The Daily Show. Uh, and it's just, um, like, if you see it, it's a, it's a sketch show. Yeah. But some of them are so fucking... And it's really hard to find, um, especially in Australia. I don't think it ever, even ever aired in Australia. Um, if it Why did, are we talking about it? It doesn't well, even count. Nah. I, I, I think it's important to, 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 to point out. Yeah. I remember hearing about it as a kid. Like, I don't... They must have shown clips of it or something here and there. 
Some like I heard about yeah. it as a kid. Like it made it to Australia in some form. It must have at some point. But yeah, like um, yeah. If we could, if, unfortunately, if, if one of the streaming services like this, he's heaps of stuff in the nineties. I'll just push the streaming service. Just go. I'll pick it up. Yep. They've all got money. Yep. I don't know where it's coming from, but you know. Uh, wings. Oh, oh wings. wings. Wings is what I would watch if I was sick home from school. Then I would be watching Wings because it, it was only available like at like one or two, one thirty or two o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, Wings is, if you've never heard, is a sitcom about Paul McCartney's life when he left the Beatles, <laughs> and boy was it hectic. Did I tell you that? Or oh, no, I wouldn't have told you. Uh, did you know in Live and Let Die? The song, yes, the awesome song by Paul McCartney. Yes, the weird reggae bit was written by Linda. Like he, I don't even remember a reggae bit. There's a reggae bit. What does it matter to you when you? That's not reggae. It's got it's an uptick. It's like I thought it was a weird bridge. Yeah, I was just like, I don't know. It's it's like yeah, that's a weird bridge. Um, but yeah, apparently that was um, that was her. She's like, oh, it's not reggae enough, Paul. Oh, okay. <laughs> Paul, you're too white. Put this in there. Well, won't offend anyone, will I? No, no, no. Um, did you ever watch that? Um, uh, there was a thing that Billy Joel did where he went through, it's in front of like a sit down audience, and he goes through like a bunch of his songs. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about Only the Good Die Young. Is that, that's one of his songs? Yeah, one right? of his songs. Yeah, yeah. okay. And he. He wants it to be a reggae uh, version of it. And apparently his, his drummer had like a huge tantrum and he's like, no, no, I don't want, everyone's doing reggae. I fucking hate reggae. And like, yeah, so that's, and that's, that's why like, it, I mean, it's not that it, it got any better because I, I, I mean, I'm a huge Billy Joel fan, but like, it's, um yeah, it's an interesting thing. If you ever get a chance, very interesting. Kudos to um Billy as well, actually listening to his drummer because a lot of people don't do that. <laughs> Usually that's the last thing a drummer gets to contribute in a band, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so that's And they're usually the butt of a lot of jokes. Especially when it's it's Billy Joel. It's not Billy Joel and. Yeah. Like, you're clearly just a touring drummer or a session drummer and you shouldn't probably even have a say. <laughs> Kudos to you. Going back to Wings. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> um, it was uh, set in an airport. It had Tim Daly and it had Stephen Webber. Stephen Webber uh, from... Listeners of my other podcast days, Video, Gra- Video Graveyard, I always got about his version of The Shining because he was in the telemovie of The Shining. Didn't know there was one. Carry on. It's awesome. Uh, you also had Tony Shaloub. Don't know who that is. Carry on. Monk. Oh, yeah. Skip. Thomas Hayden Church. Classic. Uh, he was lol. There's a name I always forget. <laughs> he, um, remember Ned and Stacy? Yes. Yeah. Uh, man. This the intro to that show where he actually just tells people the the, the premise of the show. He's like, because the premise of Ned and, Ned and Stacy was like, he needed a place to stay, and so did she. So they pretended to be married. Oh yeah, and then yeah, they had remember. to keep that up to certain people. And yes. then he and, they, and he basically says is like, enjoy the show. It's like it's, you don't need to do that. Like, <laughs> we got we got a handle on this now, Thomas. Um, it was also made by. David Engel, Peter Casey, and David Lee. Why are we naming these people? Because they are also behind such shows as Frasier. Oh, God. Cheers. 
Um, and also special props to David Agnell, who was part of the part of that 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 three. Um, he died in nine eleven. Oh. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, and then also obviously Peter Casey uh, went on to do oh um, Steve Leviton, who also um, worked on Wings and Fraser and all that. Um, he would make a little show called Modern Family a few years later. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. You didn't like that show, and I like it. No, I did initially, um, and then it just got too much. It's too much. Because I love Julie Bowen, so I was all aboard at the start. The more, the more I watch that show, the more of the Frasier influence I can see. Because there's like some of those like those real fast storylines, like where he's like, yeah. it's just like, and some of it gets too much. I, I can see that definitely. Like, I do like I do like myself some Cam though. Yeah, it's. My partner and I were actually talking about him the other day. It's not quite the same having seen and heard him outside of the show. <laughs> He's he broken was, the glass a little bit. Yeah, he was in a, a horror movie called The Loft or something like that. And I'm like, I went for him to go, Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. runs it, Oh my God! Yeah, he shouldn't be allowed. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know much of him apart from, apart from that. So, uh, But yeah, Wings... Uh, one of my favourites. Wings, purely a segue for you to mention Frasier. <clears throat> Moving on. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Keat was the first solo anchorwoman on commercial Australian TV history in 1990. Uh, so breaking ground there. Uh, then also the Simpsons episodes for this month were the my one of my least favourite of the early Simpsons, The Creps of Wrath. What was that about? He goes to France. When Bart goes to France. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Krusty gets busted. Yes. Our first Sideshow Bob, is it? Yeah, I'd say so. And then who does yeah. the who does the voice for Sideshow Bob? Um, uh, some nobody, I'm pretty sure. Some <laughs> giant four-headed nobody. <laughs> Do we have a second reference to Fraser? Oh, Christ. <laughs> oh, Kelsey. Uh, he, I think... Because um, peek behind the curtain of this show, we are doing these a bit out of sequence with the recording. But I believe last month he was picked up for drunk driving yeah. in March of 1990 and had to do a. a I mean, I don't even dislike him. You've just created this monster in me that. Uh, I do gonna... it to everyone. Everyone I know who knows me now hates Frasier for like just because I love it so much. Yeah, I even used to like Frasier. <laughs> I might have actually gotten Stan just so I could watch Frasier. Wow. Uh, Music! Alrighty. Uh, Before we get into the uh, releases for this month, there's a bit of music news that um, came out. Firstly, uh, what? Tommy Lee fell off some scaffolding. And uh, he did that a lot in the early 90s. He did a lot of... um, Scaffold climbing? Scaffold climbing and falling. Like, well, he had During that... a show, right? Yeah, he had that okay. He had that drum kit that would go... Upside down. Upside down and stuff like that. And then um, he also... He was one of those ones that did, like, the... He mooned the audience and, like, got... Nice. Yeah. Mooning was big in the 90s. Mooning was very For big. the children, that means you pull your pants down and show <laughs> the world your butt cheeks. Yeah. I don't and think everyone, that happens anymore. And everyone everyone thought it was hilarious. It was. I mean, it is. It is. Everyone likes the moon. Um, so, in 1990, we also had Farm Aid, uh, which was something that was um, organised to obviously give relief to the farmers of America. This one had such 
artist as Bonnie Raitt, John Mellencamp. Oh, no cougar. Oh, uh, Garth Brooks, time. John Denver, and wow. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. And Young. Yep. Wow, what a lineup. E Pop as well. Weird. I would have paid to watch with Farm Aid done by E Pop. Was he supposed to be there? <laughs> he just was he last? He's like, what's this? <laughs> he's not English. I thought it was a farmer's market. I always think Iggy Pop's English and he's he not. He should be. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Looks... Because uh... him and... Uh, here comes another Bowie reference are friends. So, you think that would make sense? They're uh, lovers, right? Uh, either or. <laughs> not for me to say. Uh, there was also the um, Nelson Mandela tribute concert. That was um, very big. Axel Rose uh, got married in March. Um, he got divorced in May, and oh. then that got annulled. And then they actually did split up in October. So April was a good month for Axel Rose. Hopefully, <laughs> the honeymoon. Yeah, yeah. Um, he came up recently. I can't remember why. Something terrible. He. I think he recently told Donald Trump to stop using his music. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe that his, one of his wives was also the, I'm going to look this up. This is what you come here for, for folks. Yes. The Axel Rose history. This is Axel Rose cast. Um, Personal life. (laughs) Give me, oh no, it's at the top. Paul was currently looking through his giant leather-bound book <laughs> based on Axel Rose that he's been uh, writing for the yeah. last 12 years. <laughs> Where's it show his um, spouses? It's probably got its own separate page. <laughs> its own chapter. <laughs> its own chapter. Uh, he was... I know this is not going to be any... Kept in the episode? Oh no, this, is, this, is, this will be in there. So it wasn't the it was the girl that was in November Rain. I don't understand how we don't have a sports section, but we're talking about Axel Rose. <laughs> Do you have any sports for? Uh, oh, for there's April there's always sports. Have you got anything? Got anything that you can? Um, in in January I mentioned uh, my English team Leeds United. Yes. Um, which I haven't really mentioned since because they haven't been having a great time. Um, so let's not go there. Uh, the Seattle Supersonics also didn't have a great month, so let's not mention that. And the uh, <laughs> Australian Royals Richmond Football Club uh, got absolutely belted uh, thrice in April of 1990, so let's not really go there. But the uh, Boston and London Marathons were both April 1990. Um, what? Uh, when did the Crows become... Uh, Adelaide Crows, I think, came in in 1990. In 1990? I'm pretty sure, yeah. And, uh, oh. but, I, but I didn't jump ship and, and get on board the local team. Apologies. But I was always a Tony Modra fan. I'm sure we'll touch on that at some point. <laughs> oh, you because, have a lot, lot of love for Modra. Uh, who can't love Tony Modra? Um, also, it's not quite relevant, but when I moved to England later in life, yeah. I got really into snooker. <laughs> 22, <laughs> eh? No, that's not, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Stephen Hendry won the uh, World Snooker Championships in April of 1990 um, who was still 
being a superstar when we lived there in the 2000s because that's the kind of sport that snooker is i can help english people just like we'll just raise anyone to celebrity status oh yeah you're gonna be like you're gonna be glad Let's i get spent back so much to time Axel Rose. okay so revisit the moment Axel rose and david bowie came to blows over Aaron everly i guess in Slash's best title-selling romance, he revealed a curious story that involved the two starring frontmen and about of fisticuffs. This is by Far Out magazine, and it's by Far Out staff, so they didn't even like... Oh. <laughs> there's no single person. No there. one wants to put their name on it. So, Erin uh, Everly, she's the daughter of Don Everly of the Everly Brothers. Ooh. Um, and Bowie uh, had a reputation for, for pursuing friends' girlfriends. So... He tried to take, uh, <laughs> he tried, he tried to, to woo Aaron Everly away from Axl Rose. Who both, let's say, were around their prime as well. So this would be an interesting battle. Yeah. Celebrity death match and shoes. The story goes, Bowie, seemingly disgusted with Rose's actions, stood up and left me, went through the gun Rose's sets. Uh, angry was, was angry at Bowie for allegedly hitting on his girlfriend Aaron Everly. Prior to the gig, the band was, were out of shoot for their new video, It's So Easy. Um, Bowie rocked up at the cat house that day, very drunk and in a mischievous mood, as he often was. Oh, yeah. With a video set to feature Everly in leather bondage gear, handcuffs, and a ball gag in the mouth, the temperature inside the shoot was rising. Oof. According to the owner of the cat house, who spoke to Kerrang, when Axel caught wind of Bowie actively pursuing Everly, he lost it, and then the two began throwing punches. Now, Not when I see... Any of this. What? I'm not buying any of this. Really? Can you no. imagine Axel Rose and David Bowie in a fight? Because, like, I know that he's got a, like, Bowie's got, like, this certain persona. For him in a fight, it would still be theatrical to me. He's like, oh! I, I can't see oh! his fist leaving <laughs> and he the vicinity would be, of his body. He would be on, like, um, like, he would float above him on, on wires, but, like, you know, but there would be no wires. It's just him floating. That's yeah. what he'd do. Doing a magic uh, dance. So, according. <laughs> They began throwing punches. It all ended with Axel chasing Bowie and screaming a lasting line befitting any, befitting the drama. He said, I'm going to kill you, Tin Man. Nice. <laughs> oh, no, I'll do it in Axel words. I'm going to kill you, Tin Man. <laughs> You're in the jungle. Hang on. Is, is this Michael Jackson who chased him or did Axel Rose chase him? It's Paul Stanley. Okay. <laughs> Rose later ran in, Rose, Axel Rose later ran into Mick Jagger, uh, who was hanging around the shoot. The Rolling Stones singer had fallen victim to the charms of Bowie before. <laughs> yeah, he knows exactly what it's like. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it just went on from there. So if you want to read the full article, it's on faroutmagazine.co.uk. Um, but man, I will say that Eric Clapton uh, makes, a, makes a bit of an appearance later in the article too. But yeah, that's why For I... him and George Harrison's <laughs> partner? Is that why? No. Oh, more lady stealing? Is that what he did? Yeah, um, the story was that... This is dish about elderly, <laughs> aging like music stuff. Um, I thought it was quite well known. Uh, I believe it was George Harrison's partner at the time and Eric Clapton was trying to woo her away from George okay. with the song Layla. And George oh, really? Harrison's comeback was the song Something. And okay. If, if you had to choose who you're going to be with based on the song, Layla's a pretty good song. Cause it's, is that something in the wind? Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice, but it's a, it's a bit weak. Yeah. It's a, it's a, you skip it. Yeah, generally. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, Layla's got me on the knees. Mm-hmm. Layla. Mm-hmm. I only thought that, like, he had that unplugged set and that's it. <laughs> me too. I also thought... Um, I mean, you probably want to cover this later in, in the pod when we get to it. Sure. I thought Tears in Heaven was written about the kid at Dazzle Land. <laughs> yeah, because I was a child and my world knowledge did not go very far. And I heard this song and I heard this story. I was like, oh, shit, that's the same thing. To be, to let's look at some context to that. So in our home city of Adelaide, we have a shopping centre in our main strip mall, Grunner Mall. And at the top of that, when they first opened it, um, there was a thing called Dazzle Land, uh, which basically had a roller coaster going through it. It was like... Like a mini theme park. It was like a mini theme park at the top, at the very top of a... Um, it was a, like eight or nine stories, maybe more. Uh, six. I reckon there's only six or seven. But anyway. There were, um, there were tall stories, though. Yeah, there were tall stories. And then um, there was not... that. I think now they got like fans and stuff to prevent what we're about to say what, like went on. Yeah, giant nets like on each floor, I think. Yeah, so um, did... Did the kid fall out of the roller coaster? I actually don't even know the story. I just know that some child fell from way up high and yeah. did not go very well. Um, and you thought that I thought Eric Clapton heard about that? and then I he... thought Eric Clapton was from Adelaide, obviously, <laughs> and wrote about a local incident. But I don't think I was far off, because I think the true story was his son yeah, yeah. had fallen from something. Yeah. I think so. I mean, it was I was in the same ballpark. Kevin Costner's dad was there, and he said, "You know, you're close enough, kid." <laughs> but anyway, um, Dazzleland opened in 1991, so we'll get to that later. All right, cool. Oh man, better than your fucking Axel Rose story that nope. no one's gonna listen to. Nope. I hope you can skip by 30 seconds on this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> We also, I have to um, make apologies that in February, we did not do the charts uh, for Australia and the United States. Because they were terrible? Uh, No, because I was uh, poorly organised. Oh. Yeah, it makes sense. in February. Just going to cut this in. Nah, yeah, I was going to cut this into it. In February, it was... It still was the, the tail end of uh, the B-52's Love Shack. Nice. And then uh, it got, was uh, Janie's Got a Gun. And yeah. then it got to uh, Nothing Compares to You. Oh, good one. So in April, it started off with Nothing Compares to You. That was on the that was on the number one for about seven weeks. And then transitioned nicely into uh, Paul Abdul's Dancing Cat. Song wow. opposites attract, which I talk watched, about opposites, which I watched <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Australia's like we're really sad. What do we need right now? <laughs> dancing cat, dancing cat. Uh, in the states, uh, it was Tommy Page. I'll be your everything. I don't even think I know that. Taylor song. Dane, love will lead you back, and then nothing compares to you. Is that the country charts? I've never heard of them. God, I don't know, and I'm going to now find. Tommy Page. Wow. Yeah, I for the album releases that month, um, I took note of things I feel like I should like, kind of like, or yeah, you know, things that I thought would be in my spectrum. Okay. Uh, Green Day. Yeah. Thirty nine so smooth. smooth. Yeah. Um, not a fan. Love it. 
I came along in the. <laughs> I love it just for the fact that I like back when I got into punk later, I could say, I don't like Dookie. I like Thirty Nine Smooth. Yeah, Nine Smooth. I was the opposite. I I got on board with Dookie in that song. That whole album was just gold, and Thirty Nine Smooth did, did not sit with me. <laughs> um, Fugazi's a band I've heard of forever. I never actually sat and listened to, or Ian, stood and listened to. Ian McKay. I don't know. Yeah. I don't look at the members. I just <laughs> okay. the band is called Fugazi. Well, <laughs> okay. I should try that out. This yeah. is this is my time. Like I'm starting to broaden a little bit. <laughs> I'm really into Modest Mouse these days. <laughs> so Ma- I'll try Fugazi. Um. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> it does not fit in with a Modest Mouse with my brain. <laughs> to be fair, nothing from 1990s probably gonna move in with Modest Mouse. No, just as a from what I used to listen to, like okay. I was, being a Pearl Jam kid, yeah. to me, Modest Mouse is out there. <laughs> this will be I'll Be Your Everything. It's the intro to Wings. Oh, <laughs> it could be. It could be. Oh. Saxophone. Fuck, this could be the intro to this podcast. And we're just skipping down the beach together. Okay, I'm good. You know? Yeah, I'm good. I mean, it's not bad, but I'm. I've had enough. Well, you're gonna listen to it while I look up Taylor Dane. It definitely sounds like a late '80s rom-com intro. Right, love will lead you back. I feel like I do know this song. Oh, I do know this song. Yeah. I didn't think... I I thought this was Whitney Houston. <laughs> I'm sorry, Whitney. Oh, she has a... She has a few good songs. Yeah. I feel like this is from a film as well. No way. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Giving her a follow on Spotify. Excuse me. <laughs> Taylor Dane, I am sorry that I did not know that you did those things, and I will now listen to you sometimes. <laughs> you make it to I a few will, playlists. Either one day or someone will go, it's like, this is a pretty good Whitney Houston song. I'm like, <coughs> this is Taylor How Dane. dare you? That is a white woman. <laughs> uh, Fear of a Black Planet by Public Enemy was also released. Um, People's Instinctive Travels by Tribe Called Quest, which I really like, is one of my favourite. Two albums I should have tried out over Fugazi and Green Day. Tribe Tribe Called Quest is my new like since I started listening to them last year, and I really really like them. One of those ones I wish I was into back then. I wish I wasn't so uh, directed by my brother's tastes and my friend's tastes, and I could say like, you know what, I'm gonna listen to a Tribe Called Quest. Yeah. Um, and one of the, oh, then we also got uh, Babes in Toyland, Spanky Machine, which is a good. Um, Nick Cave, The Good Son, came out. Skip. <laughs> why? Why? I, why I don't, don't you do like Nick him? Cave. I apologize. Like he's got some good songs. Um, and I know he's a lot of respect in the music industry. Uh, not for me. He has said some stuff in the last couple of years that makes me think. You know, like when um. Scorsese and uh, what's his name James Cameron like 
they have that he's like ah oh, I don't like this new like yeah. Netflix and stuff that's what Nick Cave's like to me like he's, he's, he's said a couple of things that like I don't like this stuff that makes it easier for other people to get to the same status as me yeah uh, writes his songs on a typewriter who would do yeah. that huh huh so yeah. The Good Son what was in The Good Son apart from the song The Good Son actually uh the Good Son had the Ship Song, the Weeping Song. <laughs> Listen to this track listing. Please. <laughs> the Good Son, Sorrow's Child, the Weeping Song, the Ship Song, the Hammer Song, Lament, the Witness Song, Lucy. <laughs> My dad used to tell me that Nirvana was depressing. <laughs> he should he should be thankful that I did not get into Nick Cave as a child. You don't even understand, Dad. I'm into Nick Cave. Uh, speaking of Nirvana, uh, this is when they started recording Nevermind. Yes. Also, um, when they did their live first live performance of In Bloom in Chicago. Oh, good. I like In Bloom. That's probably my favorite. I used to like the film clip to it a lot. When they're on the Ed Sullivan the... show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There, but seen... then I found that there's a second version of it. I never knew that. Where they're one. out in the streets and they got those weird masks on. Like, I was, my mind was blown. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So, unfortunately, we are at the end of April. And you are really late. <laughs> I'm always late. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This one, uh, yeah. This, was, like this, this was a good one. Yeah, this is a good one. We're getting there. <laughs> we're starting to find the actual 90s. It's not 89 anymore. It's not 89. 90s started in April. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, and I think we'll we'll see you in a couple months' time. I think we will. Yeah. Maybe even next month. Who knows? <laughs> see you tomorrow. Bye. Thank you once again for listening to Living the Past. Got some awesome people to thank. As always, Andrew Golding did the music for the episode. Rebecca Sheedy does our artwork. You can find her at Mild Scribbling on Instagram. You can find us on Instagram too under Living in the Past Podcast. You can send us an email at livinginthepastpod at gmail.com. You can also look us up on Spotify. Look at all the playlists of all the releases for the particular month we're doing. So the April... Releases will be under Living in the Past podcast, April 1990. You can also look at the films that we've been talking about on my letterbox at pdlumston at letterbox.com. And until next time, we will see you later. Bye. <laughs>